hour number three of the morning after right here on sports grid sirius xm channel 204 and what a fun hour it will be we call it happy hour even at 11 a.m eastern on your weekday mornings and it is a very happy hour because the sports right now are incredible playoff baseball thursday night football a divisional showdown college football and nfl sunday on the horizon sports are great and so is the guest co-host for this final hour of the morning after our good friend mike carver carver high right here on the program you can find him all over the sports grid network each and every day pharrell coast to coast each and every day college football full circle on sirius xm channel 204 at 1 p.m eastern mike carver is our guy back on the show the second time in three days carver great to have you back once again Good morning, Ben. How are you, buddy? There's nothing like October, bro. I mean, this is there's there's absolutely it's the it's hands down probably one of the two or three best uh, sports months of the year, maybe the best. I completely agree with you. The weather a little bit more crisp. The Weather's weather outside the is beautiful. You get back inside. You watch some great sports on your television. And right now for Thursday night football, it is a great NFC West divisional matchup tonight between the Rams and the Seahawks up in Seattle the Rams land two and a half points we'll talk about that from a plus money perspective coming up next here maybe a little SGP that Carver and I like <laughs> for this game on Thursday night but I think it's a good time Carver as well to talk about these two teams in the NFC West the best division in all of the National Football League as it stands at the moment and we have seen a decent amount of odds movement on a weekly basis for the NFC West prior to the year getting underway the San Francisco 49ers were the favorites at plus 185 the Rams at plus 210 the Seahawks at plus 270 the Arizona Cardinals the longest odds at plus 600 currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook the Cardinals have gone from the longest odds to the favorites the betting favorites with the shortest odds at plus 160 the Rams not far behind at plus 190 you then see the Seattle Seahawks there at plus 400 San Francisco now the longest odds from the preseason favorites to now the longest odds at plus 550 so Carver Arizona plus 160 right now the only unbeaten team left in the NFL do you agree with the odds movement that Arizona should be the favorites to win the NFC West as it stands? Well, you know, Ben, we know how this how this works. Week to week, these numbers are going to change based on how these teams perform, and we're only four games in. But if you're taking just the first four games, then it's spot on. The Arizona Cardinals have been, without question, the best team in the NFC West to this point. Now, am I jumping on them at plus 160? No, 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 Ben Stevens. I am not going to do that. <laughs> Because I am a believer that I need to see Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals do this for an entire season. Because, Ben, listen, they were good last year for the first eight or nine weeks also. Maybe not 4-0, mm -hmm. first place in the NFC West good. They were a very good football team. Everybody thought they were going to the playoffs. And what happened in the second half, Ben? Kyler Murray got banged up. He takes a lot of hits. And sure enough, they were awful down the stretch. And they missed the playoffs. So I think they're a great team. Love Kyler Murray, but I'm holding off, Ben, throwing the bouquets and putting them into playoffs and winning the division until we get further into the season and I see that he could stay healthy for an entire year. 
And let me just echo Mike Carver's point there a little bit as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to the third and final hour of the morning after you're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast in our West Coast Wake Up talking about the NFC West because Carver was just alluding to it. This is not good value on the Arizona Cardinals, but you might not have missed the boat either because we will see so much line movement in these odds on a weekly basis, especially as these teams play each other like they both do all four in two divisional matchups this weekend. Because last week, after week three, the Rams were the favorites at plus 115. Now they have the second shortest odds. The Seahawks were plus 700 with the longest odds. Now they are four to one to win this division. You will have opportunities throughout all 18 weeks of this NFL season to find value on any of the teams that you think might be the eventual champion out of the NFC West. Carver, what also blows my mind is right now the make playoff odds. Arizona, minus 410. The Rams, minus 350. The Seahawks, minus 154. The Niners, minus 130 all four teams in the nfc west in the minus money category to make the postseason do you think we could see all four in the nfc playoffs uh no ben that would be a no i I do not think that's going (laughs) to happen and and that's why you have an opportunity right now when you look at all four of them and you're seeing minus money to make that means ben we've got plus money to miss so what we need to do now Mm. is we need to pick the needle out of a haystack and find the one that isn't going to make the playoffs. And for me, Ben, right now it's the San Francisco 49ers. That's the team that I'm circling that is not going to make it out of this group. Now, do I think three teams are going to make it? Yes. I think the NFC is very down this year, Ben. I think this is a year where the NFC West is the best division in this conference, maybe the best division in the entire league. They're going to get three teams in the playoffs. One's going to miss. If I had to pick one team right now, only four games in, it's the Niners for me. Yeah, and it would be interesting to see the Niners, again, the preseason favorites to win the NFC West, miss the yeah. postseason this year, but there might be some quarterback concerns around Jimmy Garoppolo, his health, and if you throw in a rookie in Trey Lance, what does that offense look like under Kyle Shanahan? Could it be more prolific? More prolific? Possibly, but we'll see how it looks for the Niners. What we do know, Thursday night football in NFC West. NFC West matchup tonight. The Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks out in the Pacific Northwest. We give you some plus money because that's where we want to go. Give you the big payout. A same game parlay on the other side of the brick. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 for this third and final hour that we know as happy hour with Mike Carver. I am Ben Stevens. And if I know a few certain things in this life about Mike Carver, it's that you will never meet a bigger New York Islanders fan. You will never meet a man with more tickets for a random PGA Tour event in the middle of June. And you will never meet a man that shows you the plus money in the way that Mike Carver does. So. As we get ready for Thursday night football tonight between the Rams and the Seahawks, 
Let's look at the same game parlay option on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And again, I preface this every time, Carver, as I know you do as well. It is a small wager for a big payout. These are not the sharpest plays in the world. These are not the smartest plays in the world. But you can use some handicapping to compile a couple of bets that you would have leans for and maybe some edges to be had. And whoop-de-doo, one thing hits, two things hit, three things hit, and you have yourself quite a payday. So, Mike... Let's dive into tonight's same game parlay for Thursday night football. Rams, Seahawks, a total of 54 and a half. Maybe means we're getting some offense in the Pacific Northwest. What is your SGP for tonight? Yeah, well, for me, Ben, and, and like you just said, I, I go for it all. Like, honestly, like FanDuel, the good people there, they want to give you every week a risk-free $10 SGP on an NFL game. Ben, I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to try mm -hmm. to go as big as I can possibly go on that $10 SGP. So let's look at what we have for tonight. Uh, I'm expecting points, Ben, and you have to. When you see 54 and a half as the total right now, you think that there's going to be some points. The Seahawks pass defense is embarrassing so far, Ben. I mean, let's be fair. I mean, they don't stop anybody. So let's go with Matthew Stafford with the alt passing yards, 325 plus. Matthew Stafford to throw the, the ball all over the yard tonight. We'll add in a touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. Now, he might only catch one ball all night, Ben, but it could be a long one. I'll take a long one, a short one, whatever you want to give me. little anytime touchdown from Deshaun. And then on the Seattle side of things, DK Metcalf, who has played very well against the Rams over the years. Let's go 100-plus yards for DK. And you get those three together, plus 33.54, a $10 SGP on this right here, Ben Stevens, would pay you. $335.47. Stafford, 325 plus I mean, passing. Metcalf, 100 plus receiving. Deshaun Jackson, anytime touchdown. Let's go. Oh, oh, look at that plus money. <laughs> plus three, three, five, four. Oh, my goodness. That could bring a tear to a grown man's eye. That's a beautiful thing to see right there. But Carver is not wrong in how he even thinks about the handicapping process. Again, it's a small bet. $10. That could win you over $335. But the handicapping is there. The Seahawks' pass defense is the fifth worst in the NFL. For Matthew Stafford, one of the leading passers in the NFL, to go over 325 yards, or at least hit that number, is not unforeseeable, plus 144 to do so. DK Metcalf to break off a couple of long grabs from Russell Wilson on the other side in a game with a total of 54 and a half. Yeah, why not? And then Deshaun Jackson just getting the end zone one time, and there you go, an anytime touchdown prop of plus 360. So Carver, how often are you playing these same game parlays? How do you recommend the casual sports better to go about it? Well, look, I don't think that it's something that you can run and play every game on the board, Ben. I mean, me personally, I take their free $10 one every week. That's what I do. I, I take their free $10 SGP and I'll pick a game that I think there's going to be the most zaniness in it. And that's usually the game where I'll throw three or four guys with anytime touchdowns or some all passing yards kind of stuff that we're doing tonight. That's the way that I approach them. I don't think Ben, this is, you can't play these every game. You can't, I, I think it's a fun bet that you could make. You put a little bit of capping into it. You try to find a couple of props maybe that you think have a little bit of an edge. You slap them together and you try to take that $10 they're giving you for the SGP and you try to uh, fill that account a little bit more. <laughs> Every primetime game, you see the FanDuel Sportsbook's Twitter account tweet out one crazy or two or three crazy uh, same-game parlays that hit. Why can't it be Mike Carver's tonight on a Thursday hey. night in an NFC West showdown? 
hey, why can't it? Maybe we'll run the tweet tomorrow. We'll run it as a graphic, Mike Carver, because you hit at plus 3354. Plus 3354. Come on. That's good stuff. We've hit right a there. couple in the My past. We've hit a couple in the past, yeah. Ben. We do have a couple hits on these SGPs. I mean, listen, they don't hit often, but we have hit a couple uh, last football season, and even this year in Major League Baseball, we've hit a few as well. So it does happen. <laughs> I was with you for a same-game parlay on an in-game live on a Saturday afternoon in the middle of summer yep. when a same-game parlay for baseball did indeed hit. And if one of them hit, oh, you're covering your bankroll for a little bit of time. You're going to start to feel pretty good about what you see in your account on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, Carver, I'm not as bold and brazen as you. I love your same-game parlay. My same-game parlay could be called the Seahawks same-game parlay because everything I have in there, my three bets, is in the favor of the Seattle Seahawks. First and foremost, I'm looking at that total tonight, 54-and-a-half. You got to think points are going to be scored. I think the best edge when it comes to a total, in my mind, is the Seahawks' first-half team total of 13-and-a-half. It's even money to the over of plus 100. In the first three weeks of this season, the Seahawks averaged almost 21 points per game in the first half only seven last week against the Niners in another divisional matchup but I still think they can get over that number coming out firing tonight on a Thursday night so that's the first part of my parlay even money to the team total over in the first half for the Seattle Seahawks then we talked about the Seahawks passing defense not being great the Rams so far this year also bottom 10 in the NFL they have the eighth worst passing defense so far this year allowing 273.2 passing yards per game to their opponent we expected the secondary for the Rams to be better with guys like Jalen Ramsey but up until this point they have allowed large chunks through the passing game so Russell Wilson's passing yards prop 268 and a half I like the over there the third leg of my same game parlay is Tyler Lockett his alt receiving yards 100 or more receiving yards for the Seattle Speedster to go over that number tonight in correlation against a bad Rams secondary with Russell Wilson throwing the ball all over the place. Tyler Lockett has gone over 100 yards or at least got to that century mark twice already this year. Week number one, 100 receiving yards. Week number two, 178. Got a little banged up. Week number three, hasn't got that number since, but he looks a lot healthier heading into week number five. So that payout right there. For the Seahawks, team total in the first half, over 13 and a half. That's even money at plus 100. The over of Russ's passing yards prop of 268 and a half is minus 113. The alternate receiving yards for Tyler Lockett, 100 or more, is plus 205. Mix it all together. The same game parlay, plus 553. Not quite as much as Mike Carver, but not a bad payout, Carver, if I do say so myself. Listen, any winning ticket is worth it, Ben. It don't matter, man. Whether you're doing plus 553, plus 3,300, plus 100. If you're cashing, Ben, who cares, baby? A winner is a winner. And if you're looking for more plus money in this game or the rest of them, uh, what I usually do is I get involved with the player prop parlays, Ben. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, they got things mm. like Cup to have 100-plus Rams to win plus 310. You look through that list of all of those player prop parlays, there's usually a couple that catch my eye, and I've been playing a lot of those through the first four weeks of the season. <laughs> I completely agree with you, and I knew that's where you would have the spot-on assessment of the plus money tonight. You could look at the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, and you can go to some of their prop markets. They have match specials that give you the ability to pair a couple of things, like if we expect this game to be a heavy passing game with a total 54 and a half, both Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson to have 300 or more passing yards, that's plus 340. 
Matthew Stafford's yeah. passing yards prop is 305 and a half. Russ's is near 270. That's not that unforeseeable that it could happen with a plus 340 payout and what might be a highly explosive offensive game. So there are a ton of areas for plus money on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Carver, we must remind people that they are plus money for a particular reason, that being they are less likely to hit than maybe some of the sharper bets that you will see out there. But that's why a small wager, a big payout, it is a way to have fun when you are watching a primetime game on Thursday night football. Again, the Rams land two and a half on the road in Seattle. The total for this game, 54 and a half, by far the largest number we have seen for a Thursday night football game so far this season. It's also the start of the American League Divisional Series. We preview those matchups up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, and for this third and final hour, happy hour, I am joined by Mike Carver from right here all across the grid, Pharrell Coast to Coast, each and every day, college football full circle, each and every day on Sirius XM, Channel 204. So we have a guy with a wealth of expertise, and right now we are going to transition our focus to postseason baseball. The American League Divisional Series both start today. In Houston, it's the Astros and the Chicago White Sox. In Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Rays and the Boston Red Sox. Carver, we have two great matchups in the ALDS. Right now, when you look at the AL pennant race, it is the Houston Astros as the favorites. Tampa after that, Chicago in third, and then the Boston Red Sox rounding it out with the longest odds of all four teams remaining in the American League postseason. So let's first focus on on the series between the Chicago White Sox and the Houston Astros. The series price, Houston is favored at minus 130. The game today, the opener for this series, Houston is favored at home, minus 136 with Lance McCullers on the bump. On the other side, it's another Lance. Lance Lynn for the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox plus 116 against Houston today. So overall, from a series and games perspective today, Carver, who are you favoring in this ALDS matchup? This one's the toughest one for me, Ben. I, I really want to go against the Astros. Like, I've been trying to talk myself into taking the Chicago White Sox really since Sunday when we knew that this was going to be the matchup, and I think that I'm going to do it. Uh, I think I'm going to take the White Sox for the series here, get a little bit of plus money, or I might just play them on the money line every game because I feel like they're going to be dog, especially the first two games in Houston, Ben. So that's where I'm going. And for me, it comes down to pitching. I know October baseball pitching always wins. And I think that when you look at these two staffs from cover to cover, the White Sox are better. And you take Lynn, you take Giolito. I know that Rodon not great in the second half, but uh, he if he gets the ball, I have confidence. You know, for the Astros, you got McCullers, who's been there before. After that, uh, you know, Verlander and Cole, uh, they're not exactly walking through the door anymore for the Houston Astros back. <laughs> So I don't think that the pitching staff for Houston is as strong as it was 
for these past couple postseason runs. Now, is the lineup formative? Of course. But that's why we have the good Chicago White Sox staff, an even better bullpen. And I think that they're able to scratch across enough runs. They got a pretty potent lineup themselves, the White Sox, Mm -hmm. that I have finally talked myself after four days, Ben, into taking the White Sox against the Houston Astros. Listen, we always love to fade the Astros. Everybody knows that. But I think Carver has a great point there. When you look on paper at the Chicago White Sox roster, whether it be the offensive lineup and what they have there, or the pitching staff, the one-two-three punch in postseason baseball of Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, and Lucas Giolito, that's as good as they come, at least on paper. I know Rodon, like Carver mentioned, has struggled a little bit in the second half, but one of the best pitchers in AL Cy Young favorite through the first two or three months of this Major League Baseball season. And the bullpen for the White Sox is also darn good. So, yeah, it's not hard to look at the White Sox right now and think, despite maybe some of the postseason inexperience that would favor the Houston Astros, the White Sox have it. Lance McCullers is a starter for Houston today. It's Framber Valdez, the starter at least scheduled for game number two tomorrow. Framber Valdez, a pretty young guy there. So I agree. I think the pitching advantage is the favor of the White Sox. Now, Lance Lynn faced Houston once this year. Back on, I believe it was, I'm looking at my notes here, June 19th. He got absolutely shelled. Only four innings pitched, eight hits on six earned runs, did have six strikeouts. So not a great performance for Lance Lynn. The only time he has faced the Houston Astros. Lance McCullers, meanwhile, faced the White Sox twice. Three earned runs combined in those two starts. Did strike out the White Sox 10 times back in July as well on July 16th. But still, that's the pitching matchup we have in the regular season, as we have seen. And I know they were wild card games in a winner-take-all one-game scenario. You are going to use a lot more of your roster, a lot more of your bullpen on a daily basis than we might have seen in the regular season with the two aces of their staffs in this position. My pick for this game, Carver, where I think you can find some value is in the prop market. That's actually a strikeout prop of Lance Lynn. I would actually lean the under of his four and a half. Houston has the second lowest K rate against righties all year long at 20%. In the last month, that number actually goes down a little bit too to just 19.1%. The strikeout rate, the second lowest for the Houston Astros against righties this year. I also think because of the nature of postseason baseball, even if Lance Lynn is good and he's out there for five or six innings, that might be the most that we see of Lance Lynn in what is going to be a competitive series between the White Sox and the Astros. So I lean to the K-prop under for Lance Lynn as the play today. But Carver, I do not mind the plus money on the White Sox for this game one opener. Would you feel the same about the plus money for the White Sox in the series price as well? Yeah, I'm in on it, Ben. Uh, White Sox for the series. White Sox uh, today, plus 116. I, I just feel like these these are short series. And sometimes if you're going to like the dog, I feel, I feel like you should just play them on the money line in the individual games, especially in a series like this where there's a good chance that the White Sox, now I'm sure at home in game three, they're probably going to be a slight favorite. But the, at least these first two, I'm going to try to play them that way. Throw a little bit on the series too. I'm in on the White Sox. Finally talked myself into it. We're going after the Astros, Ben. And for me, it's and, – and like you said, you're using your entire roster. And I feel like the White Sox have an advantage in the bullpen. They're going to be able to shut down some of these better bats for the Houston Astros. The manager scares me, Ben. I'm not going to lie. Uh, La Russa scares me. I got no idea what to expect <laughs> out of him. But here's the thing on the other side. Dusty's cursed. 
So, you know, that kind of evens it out for me between LaRusa and Dusty Baker. If there was somebody else in the other dugout, maybe a Kevin Cash or an Alex Cora, I'd feel a little bit differently. But Dusty's over there. So that kind of neutralizes what uh, LaRusa might bring to the table. <laughs> the matchup of the young whippersnappers at the manager position yeah. Dusty Baker for the Houston Astros, 72 years young. Tony LaRusa. 77 years old. I mentioned the old Amazing. for Tony La Russa. I do fear that a little bit as well, Mike, but I still think here the White Sox have an advantage on paper. We'll see how it plays out. I also just think when you talk about value on a game-to-game -game basis, the White Sox are also the underdog for the look-ahead line for tomorrow as it currently stands yeah. on FanDuel. Giolito for the White Sox, plus 108. Framber Valdez for the Houston Astros, minus 126. All very close to that series price as well. Again, the Astros, the favorite, at minus 130, the White Sox plus 112 as this series underdog. The same can be said for the other American League divisional series between the two foes from the American League East. The Tampa Bay Rays, the top overall seed in the AL playoff picture, minus 156 today at home against the Boston Red Sox, who are plus 132. That series price, very close to it. Tampa minus 166, Boston plus 144. The starter today for Tampa, Shane McClanahan. The starter for Boston, Eduardo Rodriguez. What is your feel for this series, Mike, between the Rays and the Red Sox? This one, Ben, was a lot easier for me. In fact, the play is already in. We are taking the Rays uh, on the series spread, minus a game and a half at plus 160. Uh, they have dominated the American League East. They dominate the Yankees, the Red Sox. They take care of business. They we talked about this on Tuesday. They should be the favorites to win the American League. They're the best team. I'm going to take them here. Playing a Red Sox team, kind of scattered. Had to win the wild card game over the Yankees. They're throwing Eduardo Rodriguez tonight in game one. You're not going to get hmm. sale probably till tomorrow. Are you getting a full? You know, all these guys have been pitching over the weekend, Sunday, an inning here, an inning there. The Rays are locked, loaded, ready to go. I think they win this in three or four games. I don't expect it to go five. I'm taking the series spread, minus a game and a half, plus 160. One of my favorite bets across the entire Major League Baseball postseason as it stands for the Divisional Series, Carver, just like you. TB, minus one and a half, plus 160. The Rays have been undervalued, underbooked throughout the entirety of this Major League Baseball season. I believe they should be the heavy favorites against the Boston Red Sox, and rightfully so. We mentioned those pitching matchups, right, and how well these teams know each other. This is the fourth time Eduardo Rodriguez has faced the Red Sox this year. In fact, make that the fifth time. He faced them four times in the regular season. Shane McClanahan faced the Red Sox two times. Very familiar foes out of the AL East. They know each other well. I still think Tampa has the advantage in this series. Is the Trop a huge home field advantage? Maybe not so much, but I still believe no. in what Tampa is doing. A team that is proven in the American League, the reigning AL pennant winners, I don't care if the first guy they're throwing out there is Shane McClanahan. And it's not Blake Snell or Tyler Glass now from last year. I still believe in Kevin Cash as one of the best managers. I believe in Tampa Bay to get this series done in four games. Because that's what the series spread is. Minus one and a half for Tampa to win this series in four games at plus 160. By the way, as Carver alluded to, these two teams know each other. Tampa was dominant in the American East. Ran away with that division that had three other teams in contention for the postseason. Tampa, 100 wins this year, 11 of those coming against the Red Sox. 11 and 8 in the season series against Boston. Carver, that familiarity quickly here is going to prove crucial in my mind in this ALDS. 
Uh, no doubt about it, Ben. And, and this is what it's all about. I mean, you know, these teams know each other way too well. You're right. There's no home field advantage down at the drop. In fact, there's probably going to be more Red Sox fans. There would have been more Yankee fans there if they were playing them. But it doesn't seem to bother them, right? I mean, they don't care that they don't have a home field advantage there. They still win. Uh, this is the Rays. I don't think you could play it any other way. Uh, I even have a best bet for you later. I'm going to save my my best bet of the day Ooh. is going to come from this game, Ben. So I'm going to save it for later on. I'll, I'll give you a little tease there. My best bet for the day is going to come from this game. <laughs> That is a tease for everybody here on the morning after for our bye-bye-bye <laughs> segment. On a night with Thursday night football, Mike Carver says his best bet yeah. is from the Tampa Bay Rays and the Boston Red Sox series opener in the American League Divisional Series. We also talk some college football with Carver. That's coming up next. Where to look? Week number six of the year. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens for this third and final hour. A happy hour. I've been joined by Mike Carver. And we're not done yet. We're looking ahead. Week number six of the college football campaign. Some great games. A lot of them in conferences because it's that time of the year, Carver, as the calendar flips to early October. And of course, we have one of the best rivalries in all of collegiate athletics this weekend at the Texas State Fair, the Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas. OU, a three and a half point favorite. The over under total, 63 and a half for this matchup between the Sooners and the Longhorns. Carver, we know Texas can score. We know theoretically Lincoln Riley's offenses should be able to put up points. How are we feeling about this total of 63 and a half? Yeah, you know, look, I've been down on Oklahoma, Ben. There's no doubt about it. Uh, have they covered a game yet this year? Uh, no, they have done a bad job covering mm. the spread, that's for sure. So if you're looking at it from that angle, I lean towards Texas. But what I really like is this total, Ben. And 63 and a half, these teams have played some absolutely wild games over the past couple of years. Whether it was the four-overtime game a year ago, they've got another 48-45 <laughs> game in there a few years back. But it seems to me, Ben, that this year, this Oklahoma team is built more on their defense than their offense. Mm. Spencer Rattler has not been impressive to me, uh, but their defense has been impressive. And I think that Oklahoma is going to be able to slow down Texas, and I think that Texas is going to come in to try to play a little bully ball, Ben. I think they want to run B. John Robinson a little bit here. I think that there'll be points, but I think 63.5, a little high for me. I think this game gets played more in the low 20s than the high 30s. I like the under 63 and a half, Ben. Very good game. I lean to the three and a half, but I like the under even more. Oklahoma has won three straight in this matchup, including that quadruple overtime thriller a season ago during the 2020 campaign. You look at Spencer Rattler right now, the preseason favorite with very short odds 
to win the Heisman Trophy before this year got underway. Now the fifth shortest odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook, somehow, some way, but at plus 2,000, 20 to 1. If he dazzles in a great performance against Texas, those odds might become much, much shorter by the time we wake up on Sunday and Monday morning. I think it will be a great game as well, Carver. I expect it to be around that number of three and a half. I'm not exactly sure which side wins right now, but I think we will be in for some theatrics at the Texas State Fair in the Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas. We were just here in Edo, and now I'm getting my Edo on when yeah, I'm just like I screaming hear you. into you the got mic the Edo doing that raspy voice. You got the Edo, the Edo uh, voice going, Ben. <laughs> it's the alliteration that gets me each and every year, Carver, the Red River rivalry, that I just get into it and we keep rolling through. All right, the next game that you want to talk about is another another great game that actually has a huge impact in the Pac-12 conference. We're talking Pac-12 after dark, not on a Saturday, on a Friday night, a 10.30 p.m. Eastern kick out in Tempe, Arizona. The Arizona State Sun Devils now back in the top 25, hosting Stanford, a Cardinal team that just upset Oregon last week up in Northern California. Right now, Stanford getting 13 and a half points on the road. Seems like a lofty number to me, Carver. Nearly two touchdowns now in the favor of ASU. How are you breaking down this game? Yeah, I think it's way too many points, Ben, to be quite honest with you. Now, I had very, you know, very little aspirations for Stanford coming into the season. I did not think that they were going Mm. to be a good football team. But you want to know what? They've already proven me wrong. They've got wins at USC. They've got wins at home against Oregon. They have already shown that they're here to play in what is always – a very zany and very wild Pac-12 season. Arizona State, to me, the only impressive half, Ben, that they have played was last week, the second half against UCLA. Other than that, they have not been very impressive to me. Will they win this game at home on Friday night? Yes. I think that they will beat Stanford. Is it going to be easy for them? No. I am taking almost two touchdowns with the Stanford Cardinal. David Shaw going in there, the late-night game in Tempe, some Pac-12 after dark, and I think they stay within this 13-and-a-half number. ASU, who has a really good scoring defense, but is giving up some chunk plays through the air. They give up 250 passing yards per game. We know that's what Tanner McKee in this Stanford offense is going to try to do. That's how I think they keep this game close against Arizona State, if they are able to against the Sun Devils. I agree, Carver, but again, The implications for the Pac-12 are huge. Stanford now has a path to the Pac-12 title game through the North Division. Arizona State, the favorites in the South right now, tied for the shortest odds to win the Pac-12 with Oregon at plus 200. So a huge game in the Pac-12 conference tomorrow night. Pac-12 after dark on a Friday. That's a beautiful sentence to say at any point throughout this college football season. Also a big week, Carver, throughout the Southeastern Conference. In the SEC, a great Saturday slate. Georgia in action, a heavy favorite in the Deep South sold this rivalry against Auburn. Alabama, a heavy favorite on the road tomorrow night or Saturday night, rather, in College Station against Texas A&M. And then a bounce back spot in a game where two teams that were embarrassed by the two teams I just mentioned in Georgia and Alabama, Arkansas and Ole Miss, take on each other this upcoming Saturday. Let's run through the SEC slate. How does Mike Carver approach this weekend in the Southeastern Conference? Well, I'll start with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, Ben. Obviously, both of these teams coming off of losses to the two powers last week. I think this is a really bad spot for Sam Pittman in Arkansas. Like, I know that he's a covering machine. Um, they, they've done an outstanding job this year with the wins over Texas, Texas A&M. 
I just think, Ben, that they're going to be out of gas a little bit. They've played some very tough physical ball games against Georgia and Texas A&M the last two weeks. And now you're going to ask him to go play like a team that runs all over the place and does a track meet like Ole Miss. I think this is a problem for them. And here's the other thing for Arkansas, Ben. If they get down 14-0 in the first quarter in this game, they're finished. They don't have the type of offense to play blow for blow with Lane Kiffin and the Rebs. I think that this gets ugly. Uh, no no shame on Arkansas. I still think they're going to win ball games this year. They're going to have a better year than anybody expected, but I think they're going to get it handed to them in Oxford on Saturday. As far as Georgia and Auburn goes, look, I know Auburn won at LSU last week, and to be quite honest, Ben, I don't think that's all that impressive. I think LSU stinks. Georgia is one of the two best teams in the country. We know they're going to be in the college football playoff. We know they don't allow any points, and I honestly don't think that the Auburn offense is that great either. They're going to go score on Georgia mm-hmm. this week, Ben? I don't think so. In fact, mm-hmm. I can't wait for the team total to come out. We'll maybe even play it that way. I think you're going to see a carbon copy of last week. You're going to see Georgia absolutely smoke another team out to the point where, you know, look, are they going to – I want to see the Georgia offense get put on a little test here at some point, Ben. I think we talked early in the week about Penn State and Iowa and how we want to see Iowa's offense have to do something – I still think that needs to happen for the Georgia offense as well, but this isn't going to be the week where they need it because their defense is going to take Auburn out again. So I'll lay the 16 and a half. And as far as the night game, Ben, uh, you know, this is it. The bailout blowout, baby. You can load up with Alabama because as long as Jimbo is going to keep running your boy Calzone out there, I know his name's Cardoza. I call him Calzone. As long as he's going to keep running Calzone out there to play quarterback on Saturday night, they're not going to score any points. Jimbo Fisher's season has gone up in smoke because he didn't have a capable backup quarterback when Haynes King went down. He's played this kid the last few weeks who is not ready, he's not prepared, and he can't score. 17 and a half, it's going to go way over that, Ben. Alabama, and let's also mix in the offseason where Jimbo went over to the dinner and had to tell everybody, you know, we're coming after Alabama this year. Trust me, Nick knows all about it, and Nick's going to make Jimbo feel it with his bad quarterback on Saturday night. That was the best point of the entire weekend. Earlier in the year, during the summer, Jimbo Fisher said, we're going to kick Nick Saban's ass. He said it out loud. And then they asked Nick Saban about it during SEC media days. Yeah. You think Nick has an idea of what Saturday night's going to look like in College Station? Alabama's going to try to score 63 points. They're going to try to put up a 70-burger. They are not going to stop against this Texas A&M team that has a pretty good scoring defense, but they're not going to maybe put up more than seven points, maybe 10 points, and Alabama's going to at least get you 50. I've never felt more confident in a 17.5-point spread in my entire life. 17.5 might seem like a big number. Alabama covered that against Ole Miss last week. It's going to be a massacre in College Station on Saturday night. Alabama is going to run it up, and Nick Saban is going to run it up against the Texas A&M Aggies. And by the way, you mentioned it, Georgia and Auburn. When that team total comes out, it will be the first bet that I place this weekend. The under on the Auburn team total because I have said time and again, until proven otherwise, I'm going to take Georgia's opponent's team total under until it does not work. And the total for the game is 47 and a half. Currently, Georgia is a 15 and a half point favorite. Some rough math, an estimation, Auburn's team total around 14 and a half, 15 and a half. Hammer the under. If they score more than 10 points, I am absolutely shocked against this Georgia defense. I know Bo Bo Nix played well last week against LSU, but he was benched 
two weeks ago against another team from the state of Georgia, Georgia State. It's at Jordan Hare. That's a good place for Bo Nix to play. But still, I think until you score more than two touchdowns against Georgia, color me skeptical, any team in the country, maybe outside of Alabama, is going to be able to do that. So we now move on to my conference, the Big Ten board <laughs> for Mike Carver this weekend as we look at some great action in the Big Ten conference. As we look at your board right now, a game not listed here around the tri-state area in the state of New Jersey, but Rutgers and Michigan State, a pretty important game for the perfect 5-0 11th ranked Michigan State Spartans who head to Piscataway on Saturday. And then a total that is much higher than we might have expected at 71 and a half between Maryland and Ohio State. What are your two plays there, Mike, for this weekend in the Big Ten Conference? Well, Ben, get in the car on Friday night and drive yourself over the border to Valley Forge in Pennsylvania and make sure that you get Rutgers <laughs> here getting the six at home against Mel Tucker and Sparty. Uh, I'm a believer. Now, I have been a, a Rutgers. Uh, I've been killing Rutgers for years, Ben. I really have. I, I just, mm. But for some reason, Greg Schiano is the only coach that can get that team to play. And he is back, and I expect a performance. Now, listen, last week, Ohio State, they can't compete with Ohio State. But Rutgers is going to be in this game. In fact, Ben, they might win it outright. Sparty's done a great job this year. Give him all the credit. Unexpected start to the season. But it's going to mm. run out at some point. I think Rutgers plays hard. Give me the six points at home with Greg Schiano. And as far as Maryland and Ohio State goes, Ben, I'm on the under here. 71 and a half. I saw all I needed to see with Maryland last Friday night when they were at home against Iowa. When they get put in a big spot against a big team, they're not getting it done. I'm sorry. Now, are they going to learn lessons from how many times they turned the ball over a week ago? Maybe. But that is a much better team on the other side. I think Ohio State can get to 50. I don't think Maryland's going to contribute with the 20 that they're going to need to get to this number. 71 and a half under the number, Ben. That's where I'm at in Columbus on Saturday. Yeah, if you want a total in that game in Columbus between the Buckeyes and the Terps, it's got to be the Ohio State team total over, in my opinion. Sure. We see that teams can score against Maryland. The Terps might bounce back, and they do have an explosive offense, but 71 and a half for a Big Ten football game breaks my heart, especially when you see 41 and a half for Penn like? State and Iowa. 30 point in difference. Iowa City on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. They might not even score 30 in Kinnick on Saturday, but it is going to be great stuff. And those, some great takes for college football week number six from our very own Mike Carver. If you want to hear more Carver college football takes, 1 p.m. Eastern each and every weekday, college football full circle. We end out this edition of the morning after with bye, 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 our best bets for this Thursday. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our wonderful three hours together here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens 
for this third and final hour happy hour chock full of picks it has been mike carver all across the sports grid network you can find him literally everywhere we put out content and before we say farewell before we say bye it is time for bye 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 Every day, it is bye, bye, bye. We give you our best investments in the tune of NSYNC because they understand sports betting, as we hope we do as well, Mike Carver. So what is your bye, bye, bye best bet for this Thursday evening? Well, I wanted to go to football badly, Ben, because obviously we have a Thursday night football game. I wanted to give you Deshaun Jackson have an anytime touchdown at plus 350, but I am not going to do that. I'm going to the baseball game because... The star of last October is back on his stage. Randy Arozarena mm. came to all of us last year in that Rays run. This is when he performs two hits tonight to kick off the postseason at plus 270 at FanDuel. And away we go with Randy Arozarena. Hey, Rosarena, I, listen, <laughs> a plus money man in my carver at all times. Plus 270 for you. My bye, bye, bye best bet is Thursday night football. Rams, Seahawks, DK Metcalf, longest reception prop over 24 and a half. He has gone over that number in three of the first four games for the Seahawks this year. The Rams have a bottom 10 passing defense. I think Russ is going to throw it all over the yard tonight. Hopefully a couple moon balls to DK Metcalf, who also went over this number of 24 and a half in eight of the first 10 games for Seattle a season ago. I mentioned those first three months because that's when the weather is a little bit warmer up in the Pacific Northwest tonight. Air out that football on a Thursday night in a great NFC West matchup. Also, bonus bye-bye-bye for you. Coastal Carolina, team total over 45 and a half against Arkansas State. They couldn't make it high enough. Mike Carver, thank you as always. I am Ben Stevens. We will be back on the morning after for a football Friday tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Sports Grid Network. Talk to you then.